Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast. My name is Harold Nickel. The current coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic is affecting the lives of everyone on the planet. All of us are asked to follow social distancing guidelines and self-isolate to curb the spread of the virus. Some of us are lucky that during a time when we are all told to stay home and avoid contact with the outside world, we have our families. But not everyone has a family, and even those with one may have their spouse or significant other working in the healthcare industry. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, technicians, cooks, and cleaning crews are working long hours with time to eat, sleep, and return to work. The same is true for first responders and many others. People with symptoms of possible coronavirus infection are also required to self-isolate completely for at least seven days. Other people they live with must isolate for 14 days. But if you're in self-isolation because of symptoms, you should isolate yourself from your family as well as the rest of the world. This means being in a separate room from them ideally at all times. Although sticking to this is essential in the current crisis, staying at home with limited human contact can have a significant impact on our mental well-being and in particular, feelings of loneliness. So today, respected neurologist Dr. Stephen Goldstein will share his insights with us on this condition. And Dr. Goldstein, I have to say that until social isolation was mandated, I never really gave much thought to the prospect of loneliness as a disorder at all, never mind one that would be exacerbated by the pandemic's social isolation. But from a medical point of view, is loneliness really a condition? Well, yes, it is. And it was made worse by the current pandemic. Let me back up a minute. There's a lot of discussion in media coverage about the coronavirus outbreak, symptoms, mortality rate, where the cases are and are not. But very little discussion about the mental health and spiritual suffering of patients who have, who have or at high risk of catching the virus, were those who are just alone because of social distancing. Take the example of nursing homes. People who live in these residences are often limited by where they can go and what they can do. Now their family members are not allowed to visit either. Religious services are canceled, as are social clubs, card games, and any other type of activity that involves any type of contact. These people may feel loneliness or abandonment more acutely than others. All the while, fearing the virus is especially difficult for them as an elderly person to overcome. I assume that any of this can affect people who do not live in nursing homes, correct? Well, absolutely. Before the current epidemic, both younger people, teenagers and 20-somethings, as well as the elderly, had an increased incidence of loneliness. Uh, this leads to depression and an increased incidence of suicide. And this was increasing even before the COVID-19 virus. The battle to stop the spread of the disease dramatically increases the risk for loneliness. Social distancing, while a vital strategy to calm the COVID-19 pandemic, can worsen people's sense of isolation. Right. Now, I'd like to go back to something that you just said, that loneliness was an issue before the COVID-19 outbreak. Is that, is that right? And how can it possibly harm somebody? Yes, it was, and it is a serious issue. 
A study from the Kaiser Family Foundation found in 2018 that more than 20% of Americans reported they often or always feel lonely. As far as it can manifest manifest itself, loneliness has been linked to a 26% increased risk for premature death, as was noted in a 2015 perspective on Psychological Science article. Man, that that is uh, that's pretty terrible. And please don't misunderstand this question because I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be a smart guy. But premature death seems a little broad to me. Are there any more specific causes linked to loneliness that you can describe? Well, of course. Loneliness is linked to problems like heart disease, diabetes, anxiety, and depression. Loneliness is equated to having the same negative impact on health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is also linked to a weakened immune system, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's disease, and eventually death. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thank you for that. I appreciate it. It was a good bit more specific. Now, let me ask a question about brain pathology and loneliness. Are there physical changes to the human brain lonely people experience that others do not? Well, most likely, yes. We know that mice who are taken from their communities and put in solitary isolation show signs of brain death. We do not know if those same effects translate to humans. But if they do, it is, a significant, it, is, it is significant, especially when we consider so many people who spend time alone, including the estimated tens of thousands of inmates in solitary confinement in the U.S., as well as elderly patients in, in institutionalized care facilities that I mentioned before. But these results, along with other studies, show that for a social species like humans, isolation is really damaging and change the basic architecture of the brain. Wow, that's um, a very profound and serious outcome. Now that we know the considerable downside of loneliness, especially you know during the current lockdown, and what the consequences potentially are, is there anything? Is there anything that we can that we can do? Is there anything that can be done about it? Well, yes. Providers can screen for social isolation. If found, patients can be encouraged to join groups, especially effective by groups that do some public good. For example, repairing homes of poor people, beautifying a public space, or a young person visiting elderly shut-ins. If one stops focusing on the self and paying attention to the needs of others, life will both acquire meaning and provide the social contacts that are the antidote to loneliness. How can we do this, though, in in a pandemic? Well, we can't really. However, we can use technology to try and stay connected. Many of the solutions involve technology. The telephone is the simplest way to stay connected. Virtual meetings through platforms like Skype, Zoom, and Duo allow visual connection. Providers can connect isolated patients to technologies like Papa which links college students and older adults for virtual conversation, and Stitch, which is a social networking site for seniors. I, I guess uh, that those would work. Um, if access to the Internet is limited, you know, the telephone might have to do. Um, but I want to thank Dr. Goldstein for sharing uh, his insights with us today about the, 
about the problem of loneliness as exacerbated by the COVID-19 crisis. All of us are social creatures, and we need to connect and stay connected with others. As we get older, some of us are on our own more often than when we were younger. Even on a good day, that leaves those people vulnerable to isolation and loneliness and all the health troubles that go along with those. Add the COVID-19 situation to this, and those who are most likely to contract the virus are also most likely to suffer loneliness. And there is that 20% of the population who felt lonely even before the COVID-19 pandemic. Fortunately for all of us, there are things to do about this that are within the reach of most people that will stem from the very negative effects of isolation, whether because of the pandemic or some other reason. Now, we are in the middle of redoing the Houston Healthcare Initiative website. So when you visit there, it will look a little unfinished, and that's because it is. But there is still a lot of very useful information there, and we hope that you will use it and continue to use it as a reference for information like what Dr. Goldstein talked about today. And of course, the address is the same, www.HoustonHealthCareInitiative.org. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends about us, and please come back next time for another edition of the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast.